This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hello, I'm Charlotte Kent, Editor-in-Chief of CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Thanks for joining me for MMWR's weekly COVID-19 briefing for the week of November 9th, 2020. This week, MMWR published five reports. Two reports show how social gatherings likely contributed to the rapid spread of COVID-19 in rural communities. The third report looks at hospital readmissions after COVID-19 hospitalizations. The fourth report describes the evaluation of a symptom-based COVID-19 screening program at U.S. airports. The last report highlights how the COVID-19 pandemic may be negatively affecting children's mental health. COVID-19 cases have been increasing in rural U.S. communities. Social gatherings can increase the chance of getting and spreading COVID-19, which is illustrated in two reports published this week. One report shows how a series of social gatherings held during the pandemic likely contributed to rapid spread of COVID-19 in a rural Ohio Amish community. Among the Amish, frequent social gatherings are an important part of their culture. In May 2020, after seven COVID-19 cases were identified, increased testing identified an additional 23 people with COVID-19. COVID-19 outbreaks in communities where social gatherings are common might be prevented by creating strong collaborations and trusting relationships between the community and local health departments. Together, they can share culturally appropriate health messages that highlight protecting family and community members and ensure timely and easy access to testing. Social events such as weddings and holiday celebrations often bring people together who have traveled some distance. Another report describes how a wedding in rural Maine sparked an outbreak in the surrounding community where COVID-19 rates had been very low and in two high-risk congregate settings. In mid-August 2020, the state of Maine's Center for Disease Control and Prevention initiated an outbreak investigation following five reported COVID-19 cases among 55 people who attended the same wedding reception. All guests had their temperature checked at the entrance, and all were normal. Although the wedding venue had signs posted at the entrance instructing visitors to wear masks, guests did not follow this requirement or stay six feet apart. Staff members wore masks, but did not enforce prevention measures among guests. Half of the wedding guests developed COVID-19. Investigators identified 30 cases linked to the wedding venue, as well as an additional 27 cases occurring in the surrounding community. Four people were hospitalized and one died. In addition to the outbreak in the surrounding community, transmission at the wedding reception led to outbreaks at a long-term care facility located 100 miles away and at a correctional facility located more than 200 miles away. At the long-term care facility, 38 additional people were infected, three residents were hospitalized, and six died. At the correctional facility, 82 additional people were infected, but no one was hospitalized or died. These findings highlight the importance of following recommended measures to slow the spread of COVID-19, even in communities where rates of spread are low. 
People should avoid large gatherings, stay six feet apart from others, wear masks that cover the nose and mouth in public, wash hands often, stay home when sick, and self-quarantine after exposure to a person with COVID-19. COVID-19 is a complex illness that might require ongoing clinical care after being hospitalized. A new MMWR describes more than 100,000 patients discharged after being hospitalized for COVID-19. Almost 10% of these patients were readmitted to the same hospital within two months of being discharged. Patients who were readmitted were more likely to be 65 or older, have certain chronic medical conditions, have been hospitalized within the three months before the first COVID-19 hospitalization, or have been discharged to a skilled nursing facility. Understanding why and how often patients are readmitted can inform clinical practice, discharge status, and public health priorities. It's important for everyone, especially older adults and those with underlying medical conditions, to continue to take steps to protect themselves and slow the spread of COVID-19. Another report published this week evaluated the results of the U.S. airport screening program for COVID-19. Between January to September 2020, over 760,000 travelers were screened, almost 300 of whom met criteria for public health assessment. 35 were tested for COVID-19 and 9 tested positive. Travel health notices that advised against non-essential travel and entry restrictions may have reduced the number of travelers with COVID-19 who entered the United States early in the pandemic. Airport-based activities may have led travelers to take actions to prevent the spread of COVID-19, including staying at home for 14 days after arrival. However, the low number of COVID-19 cases detected through symptom-based screening programs highlighted the need for fundamental change in the U.S. border health strategy. We now know that COVID-19 can be spread by people who do not have symptoms, and COVID-19 symptoms can vary from person to person. Programs that rely solely on symptom-based screening to identify people with COVID-19 are not effective. Thus, the Border Health Strategy has transitioned to enhancing communication with travelers to promote recommended preventive measures, such as wearing masks, reinforcing mechanisms to refer overtly ill travelers to CDC, enhancing public health response capacity at ports of entry, and encouraging pre-departure and post-arrival testing. Experiencing a disaster or other public health emergency may have negative effects on the mental health and emotional well-being of children. The COVID-19 pandemic may also have a substantial impact on children's mental health because of disruption to daily life, anxiety about illness, and social isolation. Findings from a new MMWR report show that between March to October 2020, the proportion of emergency department visits related to children's mental health increased substantially for school-aged children and adolescents compared to 2019. Adolescents accounted for the highest proportion of children's mental health-related emergency department visits in both 2019 and 2020. These findings suggest that children's mental health 
warranted sufficient concern to visit emergency departments during a time when the public was being discouraged from using the emergency department for all but the most critical care. The report emphasizes that it is critical to continue to monitor indicators of children's mental health, promote coping and resilience, and expand access to services to support children's mental health during the pandemic. Thank you for joining us for this week's briefing. To stay up to date on the latest MMWR reports on COVID-19, go to cdc.gov MMWR and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Stay safe and stay well. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.